Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. Today, we are adapting to the Murder, She Wrote novelizations. Get it? Because they are adaptations of the TV show. So Got we're it. adapting to that. Anyway, we're talking about the Murder, She Wrote novels. Uh, there are 50 of them oh, geez. that have been written since 1989. And we're going to review each one today. Just kidding. We're going to talk about just two of them. I have my heart actually stopped. <laughs> Jillian looked terrified. But before we do that, we're going to get into what's making us feel cozy this week. Jillian, what is making you feel cozy this week? Cider. So it's coming fall. Mm-hmm. I guess it'll be October when we post this. Or no, it'll be... It'll, it'll late, be late September. Late September. So... Uh, last week I went to Seattle and I will be talking a lot about Seattle, so get ready. Um, but I, our, our cozy stuff is like whatever day trip we did, like yeah, the week pretty before, much. without fail. So no, it makes it seem like we're always traveling and uh, you know, I'm a, I got no pennies to rub, nickels to rub. <laughs> to get Any coins. <laughs> I got, I got, doesn't have them to I have together. no coins, but I feel like I'm always talking about my travels. I don't know how I make it happen, but anyways. Hustle. Yeah. I had a lot of cider in Seattle's Cider Week, and mm-hmm. I went to a cider festival. Where that they, sounds really cozy. They gave us cute little cups, and we had 16 tickets for different tastings. I don't recall any of the names because they, I think they only sold them in the Pacific Northwest, so it's no... So no, you just decided I didn't know any of this. <laughs> no consequence to me. I was just there <laughs> for the tasting. There's um, no way they could, you could get this done in California. <laughs> Yeah. You, so you didn't have like a favorite that stuck out to you? Well, I never had. It's going to sound so terrible, but I'm actually leaning into it because I read a post about how Vera makes fun of women liking rosé, and it's always about making women feel embarrassed about what they like. Mm-hmm. The, the pumpkin spice. Pumpkin latte. spice is a huge thing that that, that happens. And with. so then I started thinking about. It. It's like I'm not ashamed of liking rosé. I'm not going to whatever. So there's a really good cider rosé, which I never had before. So that was quite tasty. That was I, I don't recall the name once again, but um, I guess I'll have to, <laughs> <laughs> have to go with rose cider. Um, but when here I was don't it drink Angry a lot Orchard? of cider. <laughs> yeah, actually there was a tent. I felt so bad. I almost felt guilty because there's a little Angry Orchard tent. No one was going because why in God's name? It. Where you yeah. go, go there? The your first stop at the tasting. So Aww. I don't even know why they went. But don't feel too bad for them. <laughs> I should. They're angry no matter what. So I never really have cider here, and it's such a quintessential fall drink. I yeah. feel like, and we had it a lot. I I always recall yeah. I feel like Baltimore cider. was like a peak C- cider yeah. season for us. Or cider king it was over so hot there. back then in 2013. Yeah, so I made me feel nice and cozy. We had some cider flights too at various restaurants, which was fun. And it's just a nice fall drink, and it paired really well with. The overcast skies and all that, all that goodness. It's a great cider pairing, yeah. Great cider pairing. <laughs> Do they have food? Um, no, it was just really. They're just. <laughs> you're going to get drunk. We're going to get you all wasted on cider. Act, you know, we didn't even use up all of our tickets. It, cider's kind of filling. You did this all wrong. You don't remember anything you tasted. <laughs> you didn't use all your tickets. No food. I know we did kind of do it wrong because I was telling Matt before I had the best vegan brunch I've ever had in my life at Plum Bistro. And then we got... And that's in Seattle? Yeah, we're high on the hog there. And then <laughs> we go to the cider festival. So you really don't want to drink 16 things of cider after having a big brunch. You don't? So, yeah, we did do it wrong. It was $45 for entry. So looking back, I'm like... Wow. Oh. But, you know, it's my birthday, Live Large. <laughs> Happy birthday, by thank the way. You. It was Jillian's birthday the past week. And thank you for all the well wishes. Yeah, we got some listener love for Jillian's birthday. Yeah. And even though Jillian doesn't have two coins to rub together, she does <laughs> no. have them to throw away on insider. She's not going to drink. So she spent it I well. know. It makes me seem like I'm <laughs> that we're a bomb vivant or <laughs> no. Well, you are. We know you're a pretty huge bomb vivant. <laughs> All right. So what's making me feel cozy this week is actually really a similar thing, which is aligned to fall. Autumn mm-hmm. is here. And I'm ready to dive into the season. I had my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. Huh? as well, just this past week. So it's officially arrived. But what's making me feel cozy this week are, and I'm, I feel like I definitely had this one before, but I'll probably have it every year, which is Halloween decorations. Yes, it's your All, thing. And it's not even that the Halloween decorations are out on houses. That's preferred. That's the best way I want to view decorations is in the wild. But <laughs> I don't even need that. 
I'm fine with going to Target or Michael's or CVS. CVS, and they have all the decorations out, and it's amazing. I had there's a really cute moment. I was shopping in Target, and I I go into the Halloween section not even expecting to buy anything. I just look at it all. I just roll through. Even if I've already seen what they're selling that year, I go back every time I'm in Target. And this little kid just runs up to like the giant outdoor animatronic figure that's like looking so intimidating and scary and just starts like dancing with it. Wait. Which reminds me of a video that's viral right now. I was going to say you were there for that? No, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't. (laughs) That's me. I was holding the viral. But no. Yeah, there's there's a really funny video that's making the rounds now of a little girl dancing to the Halloween theme to like a big animatronic Michael Myers. (laughs) That's really cute. We'll share that um, so in our feeds. No, what I'm talking about, this was not a viral moment. It was a little boy, and he was just like screaming and dancing, and it wasn't an iconic figure of horror like Michael Myers. It was you just didn't some, cash in on the viral yeah, moment. Yeah, just some, just some ghoul. You know, I don't do that. I don't need attention like that. I need attention like, you know, people listening to my podcast, but I don't need attention like people watching a video of someone else. <laughs> yeah, you record of a child. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's just, I'm ready for Halloween. I'm ready for fall. The Hallmark Channel Fall Harvest is starting when this episode is dropping. I'm not totally decided if I'm going to do more of my articles, but I think I will. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, why not? Anything to distract me from everything else I'm trying to write. Well, (laughs) I Some articles that no one really needs. I think, no, we do need that. There's a a hole. There's a (laughs) hole that you need to fill. Yeah, Jillian is lighting a bat signal for me to write oh. Hallmark Fall Harvest movie reviews. I, I think there's a market for that, and you're the man to do the job. Um, but that's why I love September, because it's anticipation of so many great things. Yeah. It's just a month that's just, everything's brand new, it's a fresh start, and it leads into an awesome, another awesome month. Yeah, October. October. And you're, <laughs> and you're ready. It's my favorite. Chomping at the bit. Let's move on to our cozy locations. Speaking of weekend trips that are going to be the source of all of our <laughs> cozy locations and what's making us feel cozy this week, I went to Morro Bay and Paso Robles for my husband's birthday. We had a little getaway weekend. It's so weird hearing you say my husband. I know, but I'm just, I, I say it all the time now. It's and I love it. No, I like it. It's just every time I feel a little jump in my heart. We've been to Morro Bay multiple times, but we had never done the wine country around there because that's mm-hmm. right next to Paso Robles a whole central coast wine country out there. And so we did that up. You know, we stopped at a few wineries and it was just amazing. It's very quiet there. Yeah, it's Napa and Sonoma with a lot less of the pretense. It's really just more down-to-earth people and wineries, if if such a thing exists, to the extent possible. There's still a little frou-frou, a lot of them. Yeah, but still, I I agree with you. It's um, a lot more relaxed over there. Yeah. And there's just so many to choose from. Right. The wineries, that is. The other place you went to was downtown Paso Robles. We just sort of stopped in there, and two really cozy things about that place. One is they have like a central park, like a central square. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're on the set of Gilmore Girls. Their public library is in the middle of this central square park, and it's the smallest. It's like the size of an apartment, this library, but it's a freestanding building. It is the cutest little thing I've ever seen. All these wonderful restaurants and um, cinema and shops in downtown Paso Robles. They were doing the taste of Paso Robles. It was just such a cute, small town feeling. It really felt like, I don't know, because I think I associate cozy mysteries with New England. I always like associate small towns, even if they're not in New England with New England. I'm like, this could be Maine. It could be a good <laughs> setting for a cozy. No, it'd be a great setting for it's wine country. picturesque. Yeah. If people haven't written a Paso Robles cozy mystery, like they should. This is definitely it's definitely ripe for the the picking. Another really cute thing there is a used bookstore, which please forgive me, I, I did not write the name down of the bookstore. I should have prepared, but like the ciders. Just like the ciders, yeah. So <laughs> but I what I loved about this used bookstore was that they had so many cozy mysteries. And they had so many Lucy Stone cozy mysteries that I've now mm-hmm. almost completed my collection. I got four uh, Leslie Meyer cozies. I'm only missing one Lucy Stone mystery, and oh. I'll have the entire set of every single Lucy Stone cozy. That's mystery. pretty impressive. I can't take a photo of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost my collection almost complete. I'm a little sad, but she's also coming out with two new books this this autumn. She never stops. Silver Anniversary Murder, her 25th hmm. uh, cozy mystery, just came out last month. And then in late October, Yule Log Murder, 
It's it's you know like the I think I think that's what it's called. It's like has one of those like pastries like a Yule log. Of I'm course, about. yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Jillian's so jaded when it comes to cozy mysteries now. <laughs> anyway, so that was a, a really big moment for me, and it was you know saw the sea otters in Morro Bay. It was just a really oh, cute really. time. There's this amazing pizza place in Morro Bay that we uh, went to for the first time called Pizza Port. Oh, I like that. And every single kid Support. working there. I say kid working there because they like were like literally teen. 12. Not yeah. even teens. They looked oh. like they were 10. Well. It did not look legal, but it was really adorable. Um, Don't investigate. Well, they had wine and beer and like none of the none of the kids could handle it, you know, because they can't touch the alcohol. So they're abiding by They had to rules. go get an adult from the back to like pour the wine for us because literally there were six kids making the pizza and none of them could pour wine. Sounds like... Pizzagate, for pizza real. Slave. real. The real Pizzagate is happening in Morro Bay. Just a heads up to all of you uh, conservative wackos listening. Also, we have a cease and desist from Pizza Port rolls in. <laughs> and I guess this is, this is probably as good a time of any to share an embarrassing story that happened to me while I was in Paso Robles. With, you got yelled at? I got yelled at. Yeah. All right, this is what happened. So, Went to J-Lore Winery, which of like all the wineries to go to, like is really the most, I feel like the largest you could go to because you could find their wines in a supermarket. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you're talking. Yeah. They're, they're, they're you know, mass market. Mm-hmm. And of the wineries that are around there, a lot of them you have to pay like 15 bucks for the tasting and it's free and it should be because J-Lore is a huge corporation. J-Lore, though, has much more reasonably priced wine. So we bought a bottle there, just drank it on the patio, which is like right on their vineyard. So we had this gorgeous view of the rolling hills full of grapevines. It was like really, I'll never forget it. It was like really just a really beautiful afternoon just drinking wine. It even looked like a, well, I guess all vineyards in Paso Robles looks the same, but your picture that you shared, um, read one of your stories. It mm-hmm. looked, I think I might have been at the same winery because I know what you're talking about, these little patio tables and it overlooks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's possible, right? Yeah. yeah. So they give you two glasses of wine to drink, to, to take with you when you go out to drink on the patio. And they don't tell you if it's complimentary or not. Okay, so this is where it gets a little bit of a gray area. And I'm going to confess. The wine or the glass? The glasses. Okay. I mean, I bought the wine. Yeah, yeah. The glass that, you know, the bottle, the bottle that glass was definitely mm-hmm. mine. Yeah. But the two glasses that have J-Lore on them, I've been to enough wine tastings that, like, if you buy something there, you get a ticket. Complimentary. The glass comes with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say that it didn't come with it. And so I, I know probably the best thing to have done would have been to go in and ask and say, like, are these complimentary or not? I'm not quite sure. But I, after having half a bottle of Chardonnay, I was like, this glass is complimentary. I'll just walk out with it. Nope. A guy comes running out of jail running. running out, yelling at me, saying <gasps> those glasses are not complimentary. The reason we can run a a free tasting is because we don't have complimentary so glasses. He's trying to shame you. He was shaming me hardcore. And listeners, you know that I can, I completely wither under any oh, sort of oh, me too. shame or I can, do not admonish me. I will be crushed. I will dwell on it for the rest of my life. I'll be waking up in the middle of the night. You know, I, I hand him the wine glass, obviously. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it's misunderstanding. And, and, and it really was like, I wasn't if if they had said like these are not complimentary when they handed me, I would have never yeah, tried. It's like to you take go it. around to vineyards trying it's, to score. It wasn't a nice wine, wine glass. Glasses. It was a cheap little wine glass, but it was, I had such a great afternoon. I wanted to get back as a memory, and also because That's I break so wine sad. glasses like it's my job. So it's like you know you want to have a few spares. Was he younger cabinet. or older? It was older. You know, in the car on the ride back, that shame turned shame. to resentment and yeah, anger. It, it just colors the afternoon. I, I didn't hold on for too long because then I became angry. And I, I'm sharing the story in the podcast because I just, I want to hear more people tell me I'm right. So please do. Um, this is my feeling about the whole situation, which is that based on my experience in the afternoon, it wasn't that crowded. It was a Saturday. Let's yeah. say that they give 20 glasses a day out for people who just buy wine on the premises to drink on the patio. If they were to make those complimentary, those glasses, not the people, not people who are drinking tastings at the bar, people who actually buy wine there and stay there to drink it, they're probably not losing more than like $1,000 a month on wine glasses, but that's free advertising, right? Every time I open up the cabinet, I think of that memory, I might go buy a bottle of wine. If each person who takes a J-Lore wine glass home... You like you thought about this. Buys, I, oh, I, I've thought deeply about this. If each person who took a wine glass home... <laughs> Opens up their cabinet and sees it, sees J-Lore on it, goes out and buys another bottle of wine, right? Because they have some loyalty to that company. That's or you 15, might take a photo of it and post it to social media. Or it hands it to their friend when they're serving wine and like, well, what's J-Lore? I'm going to think about that later. 
they, how much more money would they make? They'd make back that money in a second. Well, and it was a cheap wine glass. Uh, so, that my, so my first thing is, this is a missed opportunity for JLor. There should be complimentary glasses, and, and and I was wronged. The second thing is, as an employee, and I I have to imagine that there's m- maybe a middle management crush on the people who serve wine. Maybe they get docked for every wine glass they don't get returned, Possibly. and so they're they're policing this because their managers are jerks. <clears throat> so I'm sympathetic to people who like work in service and like you know have to deal with like those two com- competing forces. But at the same time, I can't imagine being in that role and giving a crap about anyone taking a crappy little wine glass from the winery. It's no. like from a multi-million well, dollar corporation. Well, chasing you out. If I saw you, it's like, well, that's my loss, I there suppose. There goes that thief. But yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I was, when you texted me about it over the weekend. I was crying. I FaceTimed Jillian. <laughs> I was really broken up about it. Yeah. I was on the phone with him for hours. Um, I just, I what I said is that I felt like you were targeted. And what I mean by targeted is that quiet quiet people are the easy ones to go after because mm-hmm. i i felt like you know if you're some like big aggressive person probably wouldn't come after you mm-hmm. or maybe with your family but if you're just a lone person well you're with your husband it's different but you know i think that we give off a sense of you can come you after can us. us you we can, can pick on us, us. Yeah. yes you can pick on us you can bully us i've been in situations too where I've made an innocent mistake and people come after me hard and I mm-hmm. and it's not you know they deserve special treatment you can steal a treasure trove of wine glasses but I think people come after us particularly hard because we are quite seeming mm-hmm. or or that will wither or that will just take it you're not I, gonna well, d- I fight back with him oh I, I wither so fast I just completely well, yeah because we power in the corner we don't like to do you know. We like to abide by the law. I'm so rule abiding. It's crazy. Yes, that's I think, I very that, more that, so than me. I think that's the biggest thing is that like I will everything I do is for the approval of others, and mm-hmm. so I don't want anyone to think I'm a bad person. I want to do everything the right way. Yes. In this, you know, I, I'm not saying that it was like the best judgment of my life, but like it, I definitely didn't mean to be malicious by carrying no, out the wine I, glass. No, it's something you even think about. Like that's what he should have thought of that perspective where. He should have approached you and said, sir, I, this is a common mistake. People think these wine glasses are complimentary. My apologies, but it's not. And then go on with his merry little day. But yeah. he had to make it, you know, he came uh, on the attack. You know, he said, you ran after He's you. justifying it like the only reason we can run these things. Exactly. Is, yeah. He's already trying to make you feel shame about it. Right. That's not good customer service. And my dad would have written a thousand letters already writes letters when he is wronged by customer service people. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess he would send a Facebook message or something. Well, I just want the good people at J Lord to know that I had a great time at their winery. I like their wine. I would have liked to have kept the glass and that they're missing an opportunity. They well, should be letting people walk I out mean, with those Maybe things. you have a new calling, Mr. P. You can do marketing for wine companies. You know what I would... I, you seem very confident. I could see you in a boardroom just... Well, it's not rocket science. A lot of other wineries have figured this out. You know, well, the for the cider glass. tasting, they gave us a complimentary glass with the date on it, whatever. Yeah. But it was a plastic... Oh, no. So it wasn't so fancy, but it's nice to have anything but at least complimentary. Like, you know, yeah, and also, like, no one wants to clean those afterwards. Like, it's, it's probably no. just better for them to I, give And it personally, to. I don't know if I want a bunch of recycled wine glasses at tastings, you know, all the characters Julian that come wants through. A, a freshly, fresh from the factory wine glass that every tasting so. she goes into. Well, you see the people not, that roll in there. Now, I've, now Long Island is like some crazy wine vineyards booming, and the characters I've seen there, I don't know if I want to use recycled. <laughs> Glasses. Jillian wants to see them unpack it from the box from the factory. Like, no human lips could have touched that wine glass before. Well, I don't know. It seems like a high volume of people, and I guess my Virgo cleanliness. I don't know. Well, well, thank you for taking my side. Yeah. I appreciate it. Anyway, I had to like get that out there so I can cleanse myself and move on. All right. Well, no, well, I'm getting a little, I want, little hot under know, the collar. Sorry. Now I'm getting Jillian mad. Um, but let's let's dial it down a notch. Jillian, uh, what is your cozy location? Well, going back to Seattle, um, the Elliott Bay Bookstore, which was recommended to me by my friend Chrissy, and it's a lovely little bookstore that I popped into in the Capitol Hill neighborhood, I believe. Very large bookstore, great natural light. I, I think it's all wood in there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and it's just multiple floors, lots of little nooks and crannies, uh, very quiet, and there's a lovely cafe attached 
right inside of it. Um, it's, I think it, it was separate from the bookstore. It had a different name, but it's right in there. It looked very lovely. Huge. So many different sections. I love when you have sections that you didn't expect. Had all the, the greatest hits there. Great new fiction. I picked up, actually, my, one of my friends from uh, college had uh, published a book. I saw it right there when I walked in. I was wow. like, well, this is like very serendipitous. I was like, how, how, how lovely. And just um, great staff. The staff was so kind uh, to us when we visited. It's a beautiful bookstore. And you can't go wrong at, you know, with a great bookstore. No, there's nothing cozier than a great bookstore. And I like That's the name sure. too, Elliot Bay Bookstore. It's a really beautiful name for a bookstore. That bookstore is Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's my Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that bookstore is on fleet. Yeah, nothing, nothing much to you know say about. There is a gorgeous bookstore. I mean, the natural light is really what drew me. And had in the front, they have those huge, floor to ceiling windows. So it's just really open, open, inviting. And we'll post some pics. We'll yeah, have, I will. Yeah, you can get it. lost in there. Um, it's just you can spend so many hours browsing and then hit up that. Cafe, which I didn't, but once again, I, I was <laughs> looking regret. high on the hog. I was just <laughs> stuffing my face so every twist and turn, um, so I wasn't in the mood to... had <laughs> <laughs> already eaten <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. a delicious vegan brunch. Oh, plum bistro. Mm-hmm. You got my heart. <laughs> yeah. Vegan food can be cozy. It really well, can be. there's this great place in... Um, uh, Brooklyn that was a vegan soul food and it was so good they closed it down in Clinton Hill years and years ago in 2007 and I ever had vegan food as good as that until I went to Plum Bistro. Vegan food when it's great feels like magic. It really does. It feels like they you know. They figured it out. So that was lovely so I can't say and the waitress gave me a free drink. So, uh, opposite customer of, service. Opposite of the J-Lore experience. Yeah, they didn't chase me out. Kept <laughs> <laughs> running after me. You need to pay for that napkin, Julian. Yeah. Julian's pockets are filled with I silverware. Probably I probably cry. I cry very easily when confronted. Does that yeah. work when you cry? Um, or does it do, you, does it, do you find that it just like makes... More rude. embarrassing was playing for my MFA. I, um, I think she was under a lot of stress because I was teaching at the time and... My professors wrote me recommendations, and you know that you can click that box where you say it's an open, le- God, we, we relationship. Say, no, yeah, no, my <laughs> professor. Hope it gets me in. Um, where you can say that it's, it's some specific phrase for the recommendation letter. But I was just curious as to what my professor said. I knew it was good, but I, I clicked it, and that, and my professor said, "Oh, Jillian, I saw that you clicked that button." That doesn't bode well because they think that we, the, the, the simulation is that we collaborated on it. Oh. So that like is a doc in your, probably would be a doc in your application. I forgot the phrase. I, I'm sure people applied to graduate school understand what it is. Anyways, so I called the, I was, I was trying to like think if I could uncheck the box. So I called oh, the admission. No. I know. And so I just, I start, I was just telling my story to the person and I just started breaking down c- crying on the phone because oh. when I'm just so overwhelmed with my, yeah. fr- when I get very frustrated or if, you know, my partner does something like even something so silly where I don't, I don't know. Or doesn't want to get the takeout that I want. So it's, you're having a bad day and you're just so freaking right. frustrated. And I just start like tearing well, especially up. Especially with like e-forms like that where you just want to take one checked box back or you're not sure if yes. it's submitted. It's just so frustrating. It was just such a silly mistake on yeah. my part. I just remember And it's not that silly of a mistake because like it is weird like that it would be a doc against you that you would see it because like. Yeah. What could easily happen is you could have said, no, I don't want to see it. And then you could have still gotten a separate email. The person could have mailed you the letter. Yeah. It's just a silly thing. And it, well, now, now I know, but yeah, look, it's just one of those things where it's just one simple mistake, yeah. one little moment. And that's, I think for me, I get so frustrated where things that seem so final. Mm-hmm. I just don't like finality and anything where I can't just, cause usually I can get my way if I argue enough mm-hmm. and persistence like one time i there's a i think of, a, of some fee in the bank and i just broke the woman down to the point she goes okay miss walters i'm just gonna do this for you even though i don't think whatever like i just broke her down 
And so I can be persistent enough when I want wow. to. It'll go on and on and on. Jillian is shy and will wither and cry, but she will also break you down. It's well, there, there's two. No, there's no, there's two sides I'm of mo- you. I mostly wither, but either, <laughs> but either there's two sides. When I'm so frustrated, as break down and cry and wither, or that I just like you know I'm going to go balls to the wall. I'm not going to stop because I'm so frustrated. Yeah. I can't take any other answer. No, I get it. But anyways, yeah, no, that, I, I went that's, on that's the way to be. Like the older I've gotten, the more I realize you just sort of have to. Be persistent because you just got to. People, people take advantage people of you. People will take advantage of you, and we're easily taken advantage of. And, I think we're just not, too nice, and to not accept things because people say no. Yes, I can't take going. no. I yeah. just can't. But anyways, on to the. Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> yes. Speaking of persistent series, Murder She Wrote had a long-standing uh, <laughs> run on television, and it also had a corresponding group of novels. So Donald Bain was the. Not so much a ghostwriter, because his names are on the novel. So uh, from 1989 to 2017, Donald Bain wrote his death. He died. Donald Bain wrote um, the Murder, She Wrote books with Mm -hmm. Jessica Fletcher. It's kind of a cute thing that they do where these these are the novels that Jessica writes that you might see in the show. Although they don't share any kind of common theme. Like the the titles in the show are not the titles of these books. And for what I can... Tell there's they're not adaptations of the episodes of the show. They are completely fresh new mysteries. Jillian read Gin and Daggers, which is the first in the series. I have also read Gin and Daggers, but I read that a couple of years ago, so I'm not as fresh on it. To refresh my memory, but do broaden it out a little bit, I read Brandy and Bullets. Um, these are both early. Brandy and Bullets was 1994, and Gin and Daggers was 1989. Um, the year I was born. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's weird to think that book was, uh, sitting in bookstores while you were popping out. Yeah. (laughs) Beautifully put. Yeah. And so so early on the novels have these like alcoholic drink and murder weapon motif, which I don't get really. And why that's associated with drink much. She doesn't drink. It's not really associated with the TV show. It's, they must've run out of combinations because they stop that relatively soon i think there's only like seven books that kind of have that theme going but yeah so it's written from the perspective of jessica fletcher so you get like a first person perspective Mm -hmm. you're in her head which is like i mean kind of great because who doesn't want to be in andrew lansbury's head solving these these mysteries and they are i think more so than the show especially towards the end set in cabot cove quite a bit yeah because gin and daggers was set in London. Oh, it was set in London. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the, the English and countryside, too. Mine was set in Cabot Cove, so I got, oh. I got a, a Cabot Cove special. Yeah, it was kind of interesting for me to read the first book I read to not take place in Cabot Cove, but it was kind of nice because London is inherently cozy. Yeah, yeah, and I always think it's a good idea for the sleuths to get out of their little town because, it's you know, true. just prevents the bodies from building up in one location. Yeah. It kind of helps the credibility of the series. Um, so just to kind of wrap up some background information on this book series, uh, there are 50. There are books that are still coming out. The 49th is out now, and the 50th is coming out in 2019. It's still churning out books? From the grave. No. Well, so Donald Bain died in 2017. His wife also collaborated with him. So either if he was working on another series, because he ghost wrote a ton of books. That's kind of like what he did with other pre-established authors. Mm-hmm. I just kind of took over series from them. They, they were the name and he was like the one doing all the work. So if he's like writing a, a one book, his wife might actually write the text and then he edits. So by the end, they were pretty much a duo. His wife, Renee. Yeah. Him. Once he died, uh, thriller writer John Land took over the series and John Land is, is who is writing the books today. They must be selling well enough that they're still making Murder, She Wrote books. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to be. You know, you'd think it'd be a simple kind of like, I mean, we love Murder, She Wrote. The show is so cozy. And, you know, Jessica Fletcher is such an iconic um, sleuth that, like, it, it would be a no-brainer that these books would be very cozy and wonderful, like, great hit, cozy mysteries. They are obviously a hit. People are buying the books and they love them. And I have really mixed feelings. But I, before I get to how I feel about it, I'm curious, for your first time into the Murder, She Wrote novelizations with Gin and Daggers, First of all, can you kind of give us like a synopsis of what is the story in Gin and Daggers and then what you thought of the book? Yeah, it was, a I think, an interesting first start because, like I said, it took place outside of Cabot Cove, but also because 
It's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, it starts out with, uh, you know, Jessica corresponding with a famous cozy, not cozy mystery, or just a mystery, crime mystery author. Yeah, she's kind of like an Agatha Christie type. Yeah. She's like a very well-respected mystery writer in England. And her name's Marjorie Ainsworth, I That's believe. That's right, yeah. And uh, they're, they're pals, and Jessica really admires her. But Marjorie is ill with some, you know, mysterious ailment, which I don't believe was ever really clarified. We just know that she's sick, and so her niece is doing dictates for her mm-hmm. and her niece is very cold and a little bit odd well she's british well jessica goes on and on and on about how she's an odd girl not very mm-hmm. nice <laughs> kind of cold um so marjorie invites her to jessica to stay with her while she attends the um crime mystery writer conference i forgot the exact name of the conference but we're basically all these writers come and jessica will be set to give a talk there and they, it's funny because they go over the new murdering techniques or things like that. Like really silly things that I would imagine, I guess, would be at a crime writing conference. Well, we should find out. They should invite us. We can host some panels. Yeah, or there's also, I think, or they give them up to speed on new technology the police have. And so just to make their books appear more. I think that'd be a great workshop to attend if you're a mystery writer. Yeah. So actually, it was, I was, that's what intrigued me mostly in the book was this conference. But anyways... So um, she goes and stays with Marjorie, and while she's there, I guess I can say this, right? The what happened? Sure. Mar- while she's visiting Marjorie, Marjorie is murdered in um, in the middle of the night. And what makes it intriguing is that during the night or the earlier in the evening, she hosted a dinner party of these cast of characters. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a murder mystery yeah, scenario yeah. going on. So then from there, it's her at the conference and her trying to figure out who killed Marjorie. Yeah. I, for the record, I think inciting incidents like who gets murdered in a, in a mystery, that's not a spoiler. Yes. That's like an, that's, a plot. That is the plot of a, of a murder mystery. Like the spoiler is finding out who did it. Yeah. That's, I don't want to know who did the murder because that's what I want to figure out for myself. I'm not ever spoiled when I find mm-hmm. out like, oh, that that character dies because they usually get off in the first 50 pages anyway. Yeah. It's not like so a big mystery. It was, I think the, you know, the murder mystery dinner kind of setup that they had was funny and, and, and interesting. And just the setting was extremely cozy because she's staying at, I mean, I'm a commoner. How's it pronounced? The Savoy? <laughs> Savoy. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. So she's staying there and she has a lot of memories of her husband who had passed away and what they used to to stay there all the time. And so she's always thinking about him and just the little sights and sounds of London was very appealing as well as Marjorie's house because Marjorie lives in the countryside and that was cozy. So that drew me in. So Mm -hmm. I was was with it. Um, But you can tell that they were written in a different time period. (laughs) There were some... I think she called someone an Oriental at one point. Oh, no. Jessica? <laughs> I, I In a description. She didn't like yell at someone or anything like that. In her own head? Yeah, in her own head. <laughs> That's a, I think, okay, so let's just, this is a good opportunity <laughs> to talk about, like the, the one main issue I have with these books, especially Gin and Daggers, is that because you're put into Jessica Fletcher's head and the whole book is written from her perspective, I guess we all project our own thing onto Angela Lansbury's performance as Jessica Fletcher. But my impression of the character in the TV show is that she's kind. She's open hearted. An angel. Even, even when she's talking to the murderers, she sees their humanity and understands their motives. I always feel like she mostly sounds disappointed when she's talking to a murderer. Or in just the show. that she doesn't have the well Oh, in the show, yeah. In the show, yeah. But in the book, she seems like she has, doesn't have time for anything. Yeah, in the especially in Gin and Daggers, she is very crotchety and very annoyed with everyone. Yeah. Like, she's essentially, like, her inner monologue in Gin and Daggers, this is my impression, is, like, everyone else is an idiot, and I'm putting up with everybody. And that's, that's not Jessica Fletcher to me. It didn't mm-hmm. really feel like her voice in the book. And so I remember being sort of dissatisfied with Gin and Daggers because I didn't feel like Jessica Fletcher's voice was captured. I didn't feel like the lines she said were okay, but the inner monologue behind that, it was so judgmental and grumpy 
that it didn't read as Jessica Fletcher to me. It just seemed like she didn't want to solve the crime. Right. Other people were coming to her with information. I think the first person who comes to her with their information won't say it, but she was just like, I don't know. I have a lot of things to do. Uh, I don't know if I can meet you. <laughs> I remember a lot of it being her, like, she just wants to get back to the hotel room and, like, take a bath. Yeah, lots of her. bath. Lots yeah. of baths. Or, you know, every little irritance, which people would actually enjoy, like, staying at this lovely hotel or doing whatever, people who actually want to bring her room service, like, ah, oh, that room service at it again. Yeah. You know, little comforts that she finds grating. Um <laughs> but I thought I just, that I just can't imagine like watching the TV show and that's the way that Lansbury would have played any of that. I just no, I don't think that's how no. that I that's not how the characters played in the show and that's like why that first book for me was kind of rough because I didn't didn't feel like they got her voice. But if you aren't someone who's really familiar with the show, then mm-hmm. I could see you just kind of rolling with it because yeah. you don't know anything better, but uh, for me I thought the plot was very interesting and I was intrigued. I wanted to read further. And, like, I think since I'm not as well-versed in the show as you are, that maybe I didn't pick up on that as much. Oh, it's not her voice. I was just more like, this lady's irritated. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, like, more how I felt. But um, I I think I would read another one, but not for a while because there's so many other cozies that I have interested in. So it's not one that I'm like, oh, got to read the next one. Yeah, it's for me, it's never been one that's been on my to-do list, like I kind of just acknowledge that they exist and move on to the series that I really love. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, they are kind of nice diversions when you pick them up. And so I read Brandy and Bullets, set in Cabot Cove, and there's this mansion that was public property mm-hmm. that the, the, the rich family had donated it to the town and it had been used as a public park for a long time. But then this rural institute comes in and takes over it. It gets privately sold. So they open up a writer's retreat and up for other creative people too instead. And Jessica is a big supporter of this. Mm-hmm. First, you know, everyone's all mad. They're like, oh, they're taking this away from our town. You know, we want it to be a park. But Jessica defends it in public and says, look, like, let's give them a chance. This could bring a lot of creative people into town and it could really help our economy. Yeah. And Jessica's all for it. Um, and so this institute comes in, but, you know, there's something shady about it. And one of the um, artists in residence is murdered one night. And then other murders happen. Sounds it's all right. very More suspicious. Murders. More murders happen. And so Jessica, the big thing is that Jessica's friend, a uh, screenwriter with writer's block, comes in from L.A. to visit the institute to get unblocked. Because the Institute uses hypnotism and other techniques to, you know, help the patients help. I say patients because it is like almost like a mental institution, but it's supposed to be like a beautiful writer's retreat. But like they have these weird psychotherapy sessions. Yeah. Where are all these murders coming from? Is it from inside the Institute or is it from the outside? The mayor hates it. Is it are they trying to set up the Institute to fail because townspeople are mad that it wasn't a public park. That sounds interesting. A and very so, conv- convoluted plot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not so convoluted. Like my explanation is not as good as the way it's rolled out in the book, because what I really did actually like about it was it starts out like it's go The events of the book are over like a year and a half of time. And I love the way that you get to visit different seasons in the book. Oh, that's cool. Because, all throughout that planning process, like, you know, diff- one chapter will be like Jessica goes into that meet- planning meeting and says her piece. And then the next chapter is like six months later, like mm-hmm. they've done the renovations. And and so you get you get winter, you get fall, a lot of cozy seasons. And I just like the way that time kind of naturally flowed. It didn't feel like she was solving this murder in like a week. It really mm-hmm. felt like a slow reveal. And I liked that because it felt more realistic and it kind of felt like a more interesting pace and it kind of slowly the stakes kind of get raised. And I really was curious about, you know, who was doing the murder. I will say that like the murder doesn't really get solved in like a discovery sort of way. It's kind of just like unfolds naturally. Um, Which is probably better. Yeah. I mean, it's more realistic, but a little less like, I think what I do like is that moment in Cozy Mysteries where like, 
that dinner scene, like all of the suspects are gathered around and like the detective goes through one by one and says, Mm -hmm. and that's why this person did it. But like a lot of these cozies, they just don't opt for that sort of big moment where you get to feel, see if you solve the puzzle. Yeah. It's more like, oh, the the cozy mystery snooped too close and the (laughs) killer freaked out and now they're hitting them over the head. And it's like, well, you just revealed yourself. Could have been patient if you waited And I will say that in this book, the voice of Jessica Fletcher was better. I feel like they had like a more of a handle on what she sounds like in the show. She seemed way sweeter and more concerned with her friends and comfortable. And she was inviting get like people that from the Institute over for Thanksgiving dinner and felt like the Jessica of the show. And I think this is like the seventh book in the series. So I think they had kind of developed their sense of what her voice sounded like. Yeah. And I will say like, I, I enjoyed it and I'd recommend this book. I, I, I did like it. So I, my initial feeling toward the series was kind of negative with Gin and Daggers. I didn't like the way that they portrayed Jessica Fletcher. Uh, Brandy and Bullets was a lot better. And so that kind of gives me hope for later installments that Donald Bain and his wife had kind of fine-tuned their approach to the character and kind of got closer to the show. What number in, in the series is that? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know for sure, but I think it's like somewhere between five and seven. Mm-hmm. It's like within the first few while they were still doing the alcoholic drink and murder <laughs> weapon yeah. titles. Did any of the... Well, because my my book was kind of strange, and the they had two townies fly in from Cabot Cove to London because they were worried about Jessica. Did these men that show up? That was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, nothing like that happens because they're already in Cabot Cove, and yeah. so it feels really natural. But that was really that is strange. Really, that is really wacky. Yeah, that was kind of wacky. That's just to get the familiar characters in so the fans, you know, they that's were fan sweet, service. Though. I mean, they were kind of funny, but she made them bumbling idiots, too. You definitely have that situation where, like, they're all calling after each other constantly, the sheriff and the doctor <laughs> and Jessica. It's like this, like, you know, love triangle almost. So there, there's no romantic thing happening between them. But the books heavily imply that there's something romantic happening between Dr. Seth and Jessica. Yeah. And so based on our conversation with Murder We Spoke, that's not something that's really as present in the show. Yeah. But Doc Hazlitt in the books, like, they really are shipping them hardcore, like... He's flying out from Cabot Cove oh. to look after her in Gin and Daggers, right? Yeah. And then in this book, she, he's like, basically her life alert. Like, is like, I didn't hear from you for 24 <laughs> hours. Like, is everything okay? Like, it's, it's a little obsessive. Yeah, I think it's a big shift from the TV to the books then. That's a big plot yeah. difference. Because there's some flirtation in Gin and Daggers too with that... Um, the person who's investigating the murder. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Donald Bain really wants Jessica to get laid. Oh. In fact, I was reading um, an interview with Donald Bain just in prep for the show, and he was talking about how, like, the one thing that got cut by... I think all the all the books get vetted by the studio, and the one thing that he's gotten bounced back is, like, whenever he tries to have any romantic thing happening with Jessica that goes past a certain point, they don't want that. And so... I mean, that's a legacy of just, of Angela Lansbury saying that she didn't want that for Jessica. Which, and, I, which I, I think is actually great. But it's also weird when Donald Bain keeps putting her into romantic situations that don't go very far. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. And we don't need it. That's the don't thing. Don't need it. I would we, rather just didn't exist. Yeah. But he just can't resist the romantic angle. Because well, people are like always taking her out. like Always. She's wined and dined all Yeah, she place. goes on like three dates yeah. in uh, Brandy and Bullets. Well, what can we say? Frank is rolling in his grave. Poor Frank. But yeah, I recommend it. I think they're good enough. Not not my first choice on the cozy mystery shelf, but yeah. they're serviceable. If you, if you have that murder she wrote itch, you know, they're worth checking out. Mm-hmm. They're easy. I read it in a weekend. Yeah. Fast super reads. Easy. Any final thoughts on the murder she wrote novels? Yeah, just like you said, you know, after now reading a bunch of different cozy mysteries, it wouldn't be on the top of my list. No. But I think your time would be better spent just watching the show. I think so too. That's my opinion. But not bad. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our final segments for episode as we wind down, beginning with celebrities that calm us. Who who will we discuss today on celebrities that calm us? My celebrity that's calming me, and I'm really surprised that we haven't mentioned her before because I checked the record, and I don't think we yeah. have, is Chrissy Teigen. Oh. Have we never mentioned her I, before? I don't think so. Anyway, my co-celebrity is Chrissy Teigen. For obvious reasons, she's just the most charming person ever. Like, she's so funny. She and John Legend are such a cute couple. 
And I was reminded on the Emmys, they were, mm. you know, presenting an award, cute as ever. What really made me think about her as a cozy celebrity is that with a lot of people who dominate the news cycle, I get sick of them. And I get tired of seeing their faces like the Kardashians or whatever. But I've never gotten sick of Chrissy Teigen. She's self-deprecating. She's quick. She just feels really authentic. For instance, I saw on Twitter, like it was a trending topic of names getting mispronounced. Oh, yeah. You know, my name is Pivovarchuk. So like I feel this pretty keenly, you know, because people are, you know, abbreviate my name all the time or say it wrong. Mr. P is so cute. She came up in that conversation because her name is actually pronounced Chrissy Teigen. Oh, which makes more sense because she has that Nordic yeah. background. So it's it's pronounced Chrissy Teigen, but she even said that like she has fallen into correcting people to say Chrissy Teigen because it's been mispronounced so much. It's kind of like her public pronunciation of the name. I see. And I really just felt like felt that because people mispronounce Pivo Varchek so much that and some people get so wrapped up in it. It's they like I'll be on like phone calls with customer service people and they're like, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna butcher your name. Like, how do you say that? How do you say that? And I have to say my name like over and over and over again. And it's so well meaning because they wanna say my name right. But I don't care. It's a customer service call. I just wanna get the thing I'm calling yeah. you about. I don't care if you can say my name oh, right. That's why when I go to like a cafe and they say, Oh, um, you know, or even when I'm placing the order, it's like, okay, so it's for Julie? And I'll say, Yep. I'm just going my merry way. For a lot of interactions, like, you get the name wrong, you know, whatever. My my only fear is, though, in that instance, that there is a Julie or whatever the person's name might be. Oh, yeah, you're getting their drink or something. But But anyways, yeah, I don't give a, you know, to... And that's for each person to decide on their own, like, how they feel about... Maybe that's what we're being too nice. That's maybe where it falls into. We're just, we'll just roll over, pronounce their name wrong. Yeah, I think it's also just, I want to get about my day. I don't want to get stuck on this thing where I'm, like, having... Because I get irritated where I have to keep saying my name over and over and over again. And I just, I'm going to get tired of it. I don't want to say my name anymore. Just call me Matt P. I'm fine. Like if I don't have to say my name again, because I can't listen to it, you know, be mispronounced again. And and that doesn't really bother me because it's a hard name to say, period. Mm -hmm. People will struggle with that name. And that's like, you have to accept that when you have a name that it's hard to pronounce for people from a different culture. You have to be patient with them because they don't have those sounds in their... They, we don't pronounce W's that way in English. So people are going to say Piwarzik, you know, because yeah. that's they're saying it with their, you know, English speakers. And so they'll say that. Even the way I say Pivovarczyk is wrong. Ask a Polish person to say my name. They won't say it what like I say it. What does it sound like? I don't know. I, 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 I'll just end up doing a bad poll, but like Pivovarczyk or something. Like, like, it's really like slurring it together, <laughs> oh my but... God. All my Polish friends that I went to school with, because, you know, in Chicago land area, a lot, a, lot, a lot of us Polish people, they were like, you just don't say your name. You don't even say your own name right. And it's like, well, this is how my family says it. Yeah. And so this is the way we're gonna, it's going to be said. Because I can't pronounce, I don't speak Polish, so I don't, I'm not going to give it that Polish twist. Slant, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. we should get each other's names right. It should be a priority for everyone. Everyone deserves to have their names said right, especially like when they're said a lot by certain people. You actually know people, but... We should also be patient when it's, you know, not a common way of saying it in that tongue of wherever, whatever country that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. With Chrissy Teigen, I'm always on the fence with her because I like her, the cooking stuff. She always had post great photos of food. Yeah, her food looks great. And I truly believe that she cooks it. It's not like something like Kristen Carvalari where she's, you know, this is my, you know, fresh living cookbook. It's oh, watch like, out, Kristen. Jillian's. Get out. You stop. I don't want, I don't want that. You know, there's so many. I feel like everyone writes cookbooks nowadays. And I actually feel like hers is authentic, that she actually does cook. And these were her own recipes. Or maybe she got a little help from somewhere. But I actually think she is invested in food and enjoys it, whatever. But with... A, she does also sometimes get like too relatable, like where she mm-hmm. is seems like she's trying to be relatable. I think it's just because we're in a different place where I'm writing about her a lot more, especially because with her little kids. So there's always some like tweet about what her, you know, kid did or, you know, she's always kind of jumping on the train. But now I think she's getting more attention. She's getting a little bit more, you know, I don't know, a little bit more feisty. Where in the sense I saw this one tweet that kind of like really irked me where she commented on something and a writer i guess made a headline out of it uh i forgot what the headline was and she went this whole rant about how writers are twisting or oh they said it was like some feud or um, like a beef or, or, or through shade She's like i didn't throw shade or something this is what but like this is what we have to do she knows the business she knows what we have to do 
We have our keywords. Mm-hmm. We make something out of nothing. She plays into it. She, I feel like she writes tweets sometimes knowing she's going to get that get, get these headlines. But then when it's like a negative slant, now she's pushing back. My little rant. My little soapbox. Oh, wow. But anyways, I like her because her kids are adorable. Yeah. Her kids are so... You like her food and you like her kids. Not, not so adorable. into her at this point. I'm not here for the tweets anymore. Okay. Well, I'm, I still think it's cozy. She's yeah, my cozy sorry. celebrity. Okay, sorry. Can't touch her. Well, uh, Jillian, who's your cozy celebrity? Moving on to, uh, maybe he's Polish. John Krasinski, is he Polish? I don't know, but that's a Polish sounding last name. sounds like name. a Polish name. Well, I'm thinking of him because I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm watching Jack Ryan on Amazon. I am shocked. <laughs> I know. Listener, my jaw is on the floor. What possessed you to watch Jack Ryan? That is the last show that I would imagine Jillian Walters puts on. I know. Long day of writing articles. It needs to unwind. Let's watch some Jack Ryan. I don't know why people possess me. I think it's because, you know that autoplay? Mm-hmm. Jack Ryan was flipping autoplaying every single time. Like, it's just got to me. I'm like, I just it's always autoplaying the preview. I'll just put it on. It I, works. I had run out. I was binge a lot of shows. They got you. They got me. And is it good? Well, I like all that. I like all the Homeland kind. I love Homeland. Okay, so so it's, it's it's like that. It's not cheesy action. It's like more of a serious. Approach. It's a little silly. I I'd say he's silly in it because it's partly why I f- find him cozy. It's like even he's going through these crazy scenes and you know, battles and fights and interrogations. He's always just John Krasinski. Like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't ever act like super stressed, even when he's, you know, holding a bomb or some, something or after some he's chasing a terrorist and he stops to like check his phone for a text message from his love interest. <laughs> like it's just he's so silly, but he's also seems Does like he ever a look nice at the guy. camera like wah wah. Oh yeah, all the time. No office callback. Um but he seems just like a sweet person and i like his marriage and i think i, I do i like the cause I, see i'm I'm entrenched in this sh- s you know s-h-a-t mm-hmm. so i'm in this so i'm deep in the the trenches of all like the celebrity stuff so i i have to i spend so much time with it i'm gonna have to like something or not so i that's a relationship doesn't irk me so that's nice and then with his uh just personalities. Always seems like a stable person. As we said, we like people who don't really yeah. throw you any curveballs. And the Jack Ryan thing. Now I'm just watching it. I'm like, oh, I guess he's pretty. Yeah, things really took a turn with John Krasinski because I really thought he was going to be like a comedy cute, cute guy. Yeah. And he just took a left turn into he really action did. stuff. He really did. But yeah, he didn't seem very changed by it. Like I saw him an appearance on The View, and he was. Really humble and actually very funny and quick, um, which I wasn't, I guess I was expecting some like idiot or anything like yeah. that, but he uh, came across as really likable. So, and you know, Jack yeah. Ryan, I don't, once again, I'll be watching it tonight because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get through the season. So, well, that's, I had never would have anticipated that. You totally, I'm totally speechless. I'm speechless. Um, yeah, John Krasinski, I've I've always liked him. I I I really again didn't expect him to take that turn into an action star, but you know, life takes you in strange directions. I do kind of miss the dork version of him. Now he's so cuz he's very tall. So and now he's tall and built. And I feel like he could just snap my neck. I don't like that. No, the abs and Scary. Jack Ryan, they're crazy. Uh, abs are violent. That's how I feel about abs. Yeah, well, we talked about that before. Abs. They're just really off-pitting. Yeah, weapons. It's knives in our eyes. Yeah, abs. Just, just give me a non-ab. Sorry to any <laughs> listeners with abs. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, know I'm sure you get, own. All you do is get praise on those things. Like, we'll be the, the few weirdos, the outliers, who are just not impressed with your abs. I'm sorry. Yeah, some people just can't. Get abs too. Like this girl I was doing Pilates with who I met in class and she's like, oh yes, it's great. You know, I'm getting abs now. I'm like, where are my abs? I've been doing this. I don't want abs. Well, I just, you know, I don't want abs, but I want, you know, some, I'd be nice, you know, not to have a little pooch all the time, I guess. You know, I've really, I've given up. You've you leaned the, into the pooch. <laughs> really more that I've, I've blown out into the pooch. Like kind of, <laughs> well, I guess I can, other people can lean on my pooch. You don't have a pooch. 
Anyway, <laughs> we'll change the subject. But... They're pooching around now. Okay. Well, that brings us to our candle review. Uh, Jillian brought the candle today. It's a patty wax based on this, so it's I think this is our tenth patty wax review. Oh, sorry. Well, I just like the it's, way that yeah. they look, and they I are so it cute, they're and they're so really cute. reliable. So tell us about this candle. It's a cranberry rose combo, and it's a that nice um, cement shape. Yeah, it's a, it's another one of those cement, cement holders, and it has a and it, uh, a really nice red purple. A cranberry color. red. Cranberry red. Okay, there you go. Cranberry rose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a smaller one, but I personally, I don't know if I'm a fan because it's a little overwhelming and I was getting a little headache. I don't know. Maybe just have a headache on my own. I love this candle. That's so funny. I mean, I like, I do like the rose scent, but I, maybe cause I'm closer to it. It's just a little bit overpowering. Maybe. I think the tartness of the cranberry, it kind of. I would worry with the name Cranberry Rose that it's going to get into that perfumey sweet yes, territory that's kind of what I'm that I really now. don't yeah. like. And I, I get what you're talking about. Like, I, I totally hear you. But for me, the cranberry element, that note is balancing the sweet rose scent yeah. perfectly. And so I really love that balanced scent. It's not too sweet. It's not too tart. I like it. Yeah, I, I think cranberry is a unique scent. You never really hear about that quite often. It smells often. kind of Christmassy. Uh, yeah, I think for me right now, I'm just getting the rose. The, so. the rose is the dominant scent. Yeah, if I would like a little bit more cranberry. Yeah. But it's a cute candle. It's really small. And I I just like the way they look. And I think that's why I'm always attracted to the patty wax. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. those would be a great holder in my house. Yeah. No, I've used them for plants now. So Yeah. So I it's, always reuse them. Exactly. And this was only $12. Good deal. So, yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And it's good wax. Like, I feel like their candles burn for a long time. They do. I'll get that. How many wicks would you give this candle? I mean, Jesus Christ. I've been recording in a few weeks. I forgot their freaking system. I only get one wick, right? Right. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a low moment for a podcast really? where the, the hosts don't even remember the rating system. Um, uh, yeah, so a 0. 0.5. A 0.5. Okay. I'm going to give this one a full wick. So it's 1.5 out of two wicks. Good score. Patty wax. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Doing a great job. Good brand. Yeah. Beautiful package. Patty wax. Just send us some candles. Yeah. We're always kissing your butt. I know. Maybe I'll have to check them out on social just media. Just email them. Just We've already comment. given you four rev- <laughs> positive reviews. I know. I know. They start tagging them. Yeah, I guess. They... At this point, they sh- they already know we're in the bag. They don't have to, they don't have to give us anything for free. Yeah. Hmm. Well, food for thought. Should have been hard, played hard to get. <laughs> I don't know. Too easy. Oh, before we go. Oh, yeah. Some shout outs. Uh, so we have 49 reviews on Apple Podcasts now. So thank you to everyone who stopped by to leave a rating and review. Um, the new review was written by Heaven LS. Thank you so much for your five-star review. You know, thanks for recommending us. And Heaven wrote that uh, they followed us from After Smash. Oh, cool. To All Things Cozy. So love that. Thank you so much for, for being a longtime listener to all of the, the podcasts that I've been a part of. That's really, that's really sweet. And also thank you to our dear listener, Jason, who was the first person to recommend us on Facebook. So now you can actually see that we have a rating on Facebook. I didn't know you could even do that. So yeah. thank you, Jason, for, for doing that. It's a little less lonely now. And, and uh, he let us know, along with his sister, Katie, who mm-hmm. I didn't know they were siblings, which is such a sweet discovery. Oh, my God. I, 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 I'm just realizing that now, too. <laughs> yes, because I... You know, Katie's really bad at that. I was I'm like, I, I, with my students, even there, I'm like, wait a minute, are you related to no, blah, blah, blah? I and they're didn't like, know. yeah, like, oh, wow. Because our Katie is one of our um, lovely listeners, too. And she's always been so sweet to us, leaving us comments or posting our Facebook group or leaving us reviews or um, just gave me some great recommendations for Austin. And so I was quite fond of her. And then Jason is always giving us great reviews and doing the same kind of doing the Lord's work for us and yeah. also giving me recommendations for Seattle. And so then when I found that they were siblings, it was just a wonderful discovery. But regardless, he and Katie and I believe another sibling of theirs chipped in to buy us a candle, which we'll be reviewing soon. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. It was really, really sweet. And they posted a picture of uh, each other with the candle. It was so nice. 
I didn't see that. You didn't? No. Yes, it was a lovely, lovely little photo. No, I, I, I remember Jason saying he was going to send us a can, which is so nice. Like, so nice. And everyone should follow his example. But yeah, I didn't so see that. It was, yeah, it was on Facebook. And it's, it was today. a photo, yeah, a photo of Jason and Katie and their other sibling. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name at the moment, but they bought us a candle while in Seattle. And it was just We're a family so affair. I know. I, I think it's such a sweet surprise. We don't deserve you. You're, you're the best listeners ever. Thank you so much. Yeah, but that's a nice little note to end on. It is. And we'll end on it there. Um, if you want more of us, you can find us on Instagram at All Things Cozy Podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter individually. Just It's a puzzle. Find us on there your own way. Um, we're also on Facebook. And join our Facebook group on Facebook. <laughs> of course, it's, a, it's the Facebook group and it's on Facebook. But... It's growing. It's great. Uh, love all of your it's posts. Really keep, keep it popping. I always say popping. Popping, popping, popping. It's a cozy, cozy place. And uh, we're going to come back to you in October with a lot of really special episodes. Super excited about what we have in store for October. It's autumn. Enjoy it. It's fall, y'all. Have cider. Have cider. And, you know, use all of your tickets and stay cozy. Bye-bye. <laughs>